episode of the Faith Science Podcast. My name is Tyler Bublitz, and welcome back to the 18th Sunday after Pentecost for the week of October 9th, 2022. I'm excited to have you here. I'm excited to dig into this week's podcast, and I'm excited because of the question that we had last week, and I've kind of talked about this before. The questions that I typically make week to week, I'm not typically looking ahead on knowing exactly where we're going. But again, I feel like this week, it kind of leads into where we'll be going, where we'll be talking a little bit about, and there are some general tie-ins. But before we get to that, just a reminder, if you are wanting to add some questions and different ideas on, as I'm looking at doing this kind of 250th episode talk back and kind of giving some more insight into what is all gone on, please let me know. I'm gotten some responses back where some people are kind of saying, can you explain a little bit of this or talk a little bit about your evolution in this? I'm actually getting more and more excited about thinking about how this podcast in a lot of ways has changed for the better. There's been a lot of different slight tweaks and different things that I've done. And probably in that, I'll be able to leak a little bit of what's been going on behind the scenes, what I'm looking at, what I'm trying to do, what I'm thinking about, kind of give some general direction on where we're looking at going. And I'm, I'm excited about doing that. I'm excited to kind of impart some of these different things. And it's always good to have people being able to help hold you accountable. And I think it's one of those times where I'll be able to put my feet to the fire a little bit and talk about that, but also talk about how in a lot of ways this podcast has meant a lot to me and how much it has changed my life in a lot of ways because of it. But let's jump into the question like I was talking about before from last week, which was, if you're younger, what wisdom are you taking from others currently? And if you're older, what legacy are you leaving behind? And I got an answer talking about the legacy leaving behind and that there's times you're not always seeing the results because you're leaving a lifetime of opportunity behind. You're leaving the this wisdom kernels behind and you may not reap what you sow. And I think that's very true. I think as I would still like to at times consider myself kind of in that younger crowd, I really enjoy talking to these people who have walked the faith a long time. I really do enjoy being able to try to bring those kernels of wisdom out. I think one of the things I'll give you kind of a tip of my hand for this 250th episode. One of the things that I distinctly remember talking to was a mentor of mine before I even did this podcast and talking about how I was thinking about doing this and the nervousness of entering the arena of faith and science. And the question that I was kind of, you know, bringing up to him is, am I just going to get beat up because I'm so young? And immediately his response was, and yet then that gives you the opportunity to do it longer than they do. This idea of how you have more time, you have time, which they probably don't have. And I think it's one of those things that is beautiful within the faith is no matter what age you're at, there's always things to be learning. There's always things to be looking at. There's so much that we can be learning from each other, both younger teaching older and older teaching younger, that really makes the faith so appealing and makes the faith so interesting and vibrant when done correctly. And that's what's still exciting to me in a lot of ways. And we'll leave it there with that story because we have a lot of other ones to get into later on. So 
I'll leave that for that special episode. So let's jump into the text for this week. One of the alternative first readings for this week is out of Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 1 and verses 4 through 7. This is after the fall of Jerusalem and Jeremiah writing kind of the accords of what is going on. And by the time then we get to verse 4, he is then kind of writing to the people and letting them know that, yep, we've been captured by Babylon. Yep, we're going to go and live with them. We're going to be with them. We're going to plant gardens with them. We're going to intermix with them. And I think what's interesting in this is verse 7, but seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf. For in its welfare, you will find your welfare. The idea of with this tribe of Israel, as long as we are helping Babylon be successful, be do well, we will do well. So this idea and this turning of, yes, God, just because he has overthrown Jerusalem with the Babylonians, doesn't mean that he has abandoned us. In fact, he's telling, join these people, work with these people, grow with these people, and God will continue to still be there. Just because they're different in us doesn't mean that we necessarily just disassociate ourselves with them. The psalm that goes with that is Psalm 66, the first 12 verses. This is a praise psalm. Make a joyful noise to God, all the earth. Sing the glory of his name. Give him glorious praise. The first two verses. This idea of, again, recognizing in all of it how God is continuing to bless us and work with us and let us be who God is called us to be, and that he is living among us and is trying to help us move forward in the direction of where God is trying to take us, and that we are able to then lay our burdens down on him and that he is bringing us through these difficult times. So continue to trust and work with God. The other alternative Old Testament text this week is out of 2 Kings chapter 5, verses 1 to 3, and 7 through 15c. This is the story of Nahum. Nahum is a commander in the army of Aram, and it's an interesting story. He has leprosy, and leprosy at this time is not the leprosy that we know of today, and even when we'll get into the gospel text, it's probably more of a one that's very apparent on the outside, probably makes him look kind of like death is one of the things that we have kind of been able to interpret, sores on the body. So Nahum had taken in one of the raids, this young woman who was from the tribe of Israel, from the people of Israel, and was talking to Nahum's wife and just said, you know, if he was able to talk with one of the prophets of where I'm from, the leprosy would be cured. And so the king, we're skipping here a couple verses, the king hears this, he tears his clothes, What? I don't know, how, who am I supposed to be? Elisha hears about this, says, send Nahum to me. Nahum comes with all his chariots and everything. Elisha sends a messenger out to say, go wash in the Jordan seven times and your flesh will be restored and you shall be clean. Nahum gets ex- upset about this, that the man of God can't even come out and talk to him, and why can't I go to these other rivers that are cleaner than all the waters in Israel. Even today, the Jordan isn't the most clean river. 
And it's interesting, it's again the servants at this point, just like before, the servant girl letting them know about this, but it's the servants who are then saying, you know, how difficult really is this to wash in the Jordan seven times? You know, would you really be that upset? You know, would you be fighting this if it was very difficult? It's very simple, like just go and do it. He goes and does it. His flesh is restored and he begins praising God is where we end up. The psalm that goes with that is Psalm 111. And as you would expect based off these texts, again, it's another praise psalm. It's understanding the honor and majesty of what God has done and all these wonderful things. He continues to provide food for us. He has made a covenant with us. He has provided works of power and heritage to the nations. He works with us. He is sending redemption and has made a covenant with us. How amazing these gifts are. And it's this recognition of this abundance of what God has done. The epistle reading or second reading is from 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 8 to 15. So again, this is from the letters of Paul and trying to recognize and understand that the endurance that we go through in the faith, even if we are criminalized, is through the salvation in Jesus Christ, and that we are not suffering in the same death that he has, that we are enduring because of what Christ did, and that it's the faith in Christ who is allowing us to be able to be restored, to be able to recognize this gift in which we have been given. Being able to recognize that we are not going into the death of what Christ did, but that we are being ushered into this relationship. So the suffering that we go through in the faith is just so minute compared to what Christ really did for us. It's also recognizing in this that it's the faith of what we have gone through, the faith of who God is within us that makes this all worth it, and that's what we are giving thanks and praise and homage to. The gospel text this week is out of Luke chapter 17, verses 11 to 19. This is a fairly familiar text, but I think there's a lot of little details we need to make sure that we are understanding. Jesus is continuing on his trek to Jerusalem. He is between the regions of Samaria and Galilee, which is the middle lands between the Israelites and the Samaritans. And so in this, he is approached by 10 lepers. They are keeping their distance. They're calling out for Jesus to have mercy on them. He says to go and show themselves to the priests and they will be made clean. So the priests at that point are the people who are kind of the decision makers on whether or not you are unclean or clean. And in this case, being able to be seen as clean would be welcoming them back into society. One of the interesting things within this is that which temple are they going to? They would be going to different ones if they are Israelite or a Samaritan. They'd be going to different places, Jerusalem or wherever the Samaritans were going. I forget the name of the city. While they're on the way, they are made clean. One of them turns around, who is a Samaritan, and falls at the feet of Jesus and thanks him with a loud voice. Jesus makes this proclamation of, we're not ten made clean, but where are the other nine? And none of them are to be found except this foreigner. And then we get the key verse here in 19. Get up and go on your way. Your faith has made you well. And this is where we end this text. And before we jump into how faith and science come together this week, we have to do our shameless plug. Boom! 
Working Preacher, if you have a quote, Working Preacher, I'd highly recommend it between the Sermon Brainwaves podcast or commentaries or discussions. Since I'm not an ordained minister, I use them on a weekly basis to be able to give me some different commentaries, some different discussions, different ideas, along with working with their Working Preacher podcast. So if you haven't checked out workingpreacher.org, I'd highly recommend it. I'd also highly recommend checking out the Revised Common Lectionary coming from Vanderbilt's Divinity Library. I really enjoy how they lay out the text each week, but along with that, they also have prayers and hymns and art, which is so amazing to be able to understand and look at how different people throughout time have interpreted these texts. It's super helpful, and if you haven't checked out this amazing resource coming from Vanderbilt's Divinity Library, I'd highly recommend that also. I'll attach a link down below, but it's something that I know when I look back from three years ago that we talked about a little bit, but the difference between healing and curing is very important, at least within this gospel text. The idea of curing means eliminating evidence of the disease, that they are made whole, but healing is also internal. And that's where when Jesus is stating that your faith has made you well is this recognition of that the healing had to come from within also, recognizing that they are made whole, recognizing that they are a new creation, recognizing that they are being welcomed into the community much differently. This is an easy text to get on the other nine and where are the other nine? But yet when you look at the text also, Jesus is telling them to go and do this. This man turns around, he's disobeying what God is calling him to do, to go and give thanks. And yet then we get this additional thanks from Jesus in the recognition of there is something deeper that has happened with this man than what the other nine have gone through to this point. I think there's a lot in that to be thinking about when you're thinking about healing and curing and talking about the succession of land, which we've talked about before, even with this text. But I think there's another part of this is this weird recognition of when we are sent to do something, do we stop to give thanks or do we continue forward? And it's one of the things that I feel like in a society, in a world where we struggle with the idea of giving thanks and actually doing it. I think the idea, we love the idea, but actually us stopping and doing it is a whole nother discussion. It's one of the ways that I think the science community is actually ahead of the rest of the world. And what I mean by that is, whenever you do a science paper, you have to cite your sources. In citing your sources, it's understanding that you're building upon what has been done before. It's also in that there's times where you're reaffirming what others have done, that you're doing another test to, yep, I was able to confirm what other people have shown before, that yes, this is what happens. It's a peer-reviewed journal. The science makes sense. We've tested it again. It makes sense. And again, we've had discussions talking about this and how it's something that at times we've struggled with within the science community, but yet in the standards of how things are supposed to be done, this is exactly it. So when Jesus is talking about the other nine, where are they? They're still doing their calling. They're still going out and doing their research. They're still going and doing. It's this person who's maybe rechecking his work and just rebuilding upon it. And it's nothing wrong with it. It's another way of approaching it. 
If you look at the text that Paul puts in 2 Timothy, it's again this recognition that the faith that we have is being built upon what we have done before. It's built upon what Jesus did for us. Every scientific paper, what is amazing is that you, yes, you're citing your sources to show how you're building, but you're also leaving space for other research. For someone else to come in and to be able to build upon what you understand. Pointing out potential spots where you had errors to be able to better build where the scientific ideas and community is going. These are important ideas. Even getting into the story of Nahum, where you have the idea of this man who is getting told that he has leprosy and then this is what you have to do and it's like you don't even have the chance to come out and pay my respects what I believe that I deserve. But the servants, they're recognizing, but what have you done at this moment? Like, he's told you what to do. Just do it. And at that point, then he gives thanks to God, understanding at that moment that it really wasn't anything about him. He never really gives recognition to this captive girl who tells what he should be doing to be made well. He complains. And how many times within our lives and even within the scientific community, there's times where we cast doubt before we actually do the research. And sometimes it's the dumbest, it's the craziest ideas that end up moving the needle forward. It's thinking about it in a different and unique way and not necessarily throwing the the baby out with the bathwater. It's this idea of being able to build upon, that's an idea, let's run with it. Let's try it. Let's see what happens. And if you go through this archive, what we've created, nearly 250 episodes, there's so many different scientists who have been like that. Semuwise is one that I think about with hand washing, where people are like, what are you doing? That doesn't make any sense. It's manly to show all the blood that you've been working on and then going into the morgue, and then going and helping deliver babies. That's a sign of a good doctor. Now coming hundreds of years later, we realize how unsanitary that is, and how he was able to help transform our ideas on the birthing side of things. He was hearing a calling and pursuing it through, not getting swayed anyway. He's continuing to push through. Semuwise never got fully recognized for what he did because germ theory came out 40 years after he died. And that's what he was really working on. They were building upon what this was. And it's essentially, they came up with that, look back and oh yeah, look at this. And it's building evidence for that. Semuwise wasn't discouraged. He was continuing on and wasn't necessarily looking for recognition on what he had done. But we look back now and we give thanks. We make sure that we're still recognizing that. And that's where we as people are in a weird position of recognizing that we still need to move forward, but also looking around us enough to be able to also recognize the moments to give thanks. That's where the the prophet Jeremiah and what he's talking about in this text out of Jeremiah makes a lot of sense also. Negative things have happened, but yet he's still encouraging the people that God is still there. And now he's working with Babylon, even though they just overtook Israel and Jerusalem and everything that was there. And no, God's still going to bless us, but now he's working in a new way through us. There's a new experiment here. There's something that's different. And just because it's different doesn't mean it's bad or good. It's that God is saying, this is where we're going. This is science in and of itself. 
This is, there are times where we just have to put our head down. This is what we've been told to do. And we are pushing through to do this. We are moving forward toward this, toward this goal. And this is where we have been called to go. It doesn't matter what the recognition or if we ever get recognition for this. It's something that we have internal within us. I have a curiosity about this. I feel like it could benefit humanity in some way or at least help me understand God in a deeper way or help me understand this in a deeper way. So I'm pursuing this. And at some point, somebody else maybe recognizes it. Or you get to the point where you're publishing your paper and you're giving thanks in the recognition of all the people that you've been able to build upon. All the discoveries and things that they've been able to do, that's your thank you. That's your recognition. That's when you start understanding that, yes, your faith has made you well because you're understanding you are taking faith in what they did. You are trusting the results that they did. You are building upon them. Second Timothy is the same way. We see Nahum building his faith through the story, even when he has moments of doubt. He trusts this servant girl, this young captive girl. He then goes and does it, even after the king is kind of of Israel is like, I don't want to talk. And Elisha says, bring him to me. You know, if he's Nahum, like that's got to be weird. He gets sent out and it's not even Elisha that goes out and talks to him. It's a messenger. And then he has the moment where his faith is shaken. And yet it's the servants who are encouraging. What's the harm? Do this. And then he sees the light. And that's where he has built all these steps on which he has built upon. It's not any different than what our typical scientific research is. We build upon each other. And when we get to these points, that's where we get the Psalms, Psalm 66 and Psalm 111. These praise Psalms of recognition of how much greater it is than what we are able to do ourselves. The other nine are going to be welcomed back into the community to recognize that it's not about that I'm an individual who has leprosy anymore. Let me be welcomed into the community of the rest of us that I can continue to show how I am able to help us as a community. I'm no longer a foreigner. I'm no longer a castaway. I am now part of the community. And yes, we have the one who is a foreigner, a Samaritan, who recognizes the thank you on how much this is going to transform this person's life. Going and give Jesus thanks and recognizing that it wasn't of the Samaritan's doing. It was upon what Jesus had done for him. It puts us in this weird spot. Of yes, we are called to move forward, but I think it's also the moments of for us to reflect and make sure we're also giving thanks, but also continuing to move forward, continuing to do what we're told and recognizing that God is helping us in this, that we are building upon these understandings of what God has helped us understand. There we're moving toward this idea and this community of us working together to better understand who God is. And as we figure that out, we thank God for opening God's self up to us. How treasure we take the moments where we are able to sit with people we admire and learn more about them, realizing that those moments aren't always there. That those moments sometimes are fleeting and are only for a moment. But we treasure those. Do we do the same thing with God? Do we treasure those moments where God is opening up to us? Where God is showing us something And yes, God isn't calling us just to come back and just stay at the feet of Jesus and thanking him. He's also still calling us to then take this 
and move forward. But yes, if you stop along the way and give thanks, I'm not going to say that's wrong either. Because it's also the recognition of what I am doing within you to continue to build your faith. So this balancing act that we have to be able to walk. The balancing act of being able to continue to challenge with our ideas of how we understand the world while continuing to grow within our own faith. This balance of faith and science in and of itself. This is what this text is all about. These are what these texts communicate and lay out for us. So the question I have for you this week is where do you see that within your own life? Where do you see moments that pushing forward is where God is calling you and stopping to give thanks along the way while moving forward is also where you're called? Because these are the moments that move the needle. These are the moments that, for me, a text like this and thinking about it in this way is what got me to the point where I am talking into a microphone about this subject, about how faith and science come together, because it's the revelation of God revealing God's self to us. And as we start to understand how this all works, we are understanding who God is. And in doing that, it is helping our faith. Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it's easier. Sometimes we're wanting it to be hard and it's easy. Sometimes we're wanting it to be easy and it's hard. But we have to remember what Christ was able to do for us was much harder than anything we are going to do. The Israelites understanding and becoming part of Babylon was not an easy thing to do. But yet, God continued to bless them. And as we will continue to go through this, The tribe of Israel doesn't just fade away. There may be struggle, there may be hardship, but yet God continues to work with them. God continues to work with us. Are we willing to be able to see that through and be able to take those moments to look back and also give thanks? Are we willing and able to recognize the people who helped us be in the positions of where we're at? Because that is important also. So, we'll wrap this up as we always do. I pray God blesses you through your faith and amazes you through science.